0: Welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast for women who want to discover, awaken, and create their voice through the art of public speaking. I'm your host, Angela Lucier, award winning professional speaker, author, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. claim the stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And if you've been curious about Speaker Sisterhood, now is a great time to check out our clubs. Your first meeting is always free and all of our clubs are meeting online so you can go to our website speakersisterhood.com click on the club directory and find a club that's meeting at a time that works for you and check it out all you have to do is zoom in and you can witness a meeting in progress and see if it's for you or not i recently received a really nice card in the mail from one of our members i'm going to read it to you because it was so sweet She says, never in a million years would I have guessed that I would look forward to speaking in front of a group. Speaker Sisterhood changed everything for me. I now love to speak up. You are such an inspiration. Thank you, Missy. That is so sweet. I love getting cards like that and messages and hearing from members that they're doing things they didn't think they could before Speaker Sisterhood. And if you're thinking to yourself, Why would I want to do public speaking? That's so scary. (laughs) Don't worry, you're not the only person who has thought that. But I have a couple good reasons why now is a great time to check out Speaker Sisterhood. One is because we're home and we're not really spending any time in any sort of community. So being part of an online Speaker Sisterhood club gives you the opportunity to be part of a community during a time when we're feeling pretty isolated and lonely. And your club is consistent. It's always the same group of women you'll see. And you'll start to build a bond and build trust and build friendships and look forward to hearing their stories and sharing your stories with them. And you know, the other night I was sitting on my couch and I was like, do I want a snack? Or do I want to have something to drink? Or do I want to go for a walk? Or should I go to bed? And I was just like, I kept, I couldn't I couldn't name the feeling I had and what like what I needed in order to feel better and then I realized the feeling I had was loneliness and I didn't need a snack and I didn't need to watch tv I needed my friends and it's it's such a intense feeling right now of not being together and you know, just missing that like connection and opportunity to be in the same space. So if you kind of have that feeling right now too, speaker sisterhood is a great way to feel like you've got some new friends and you've got something to look forward to and a new group of, of women who can help you. And right now, a lot of us have extra time on our hands. So it's a great time to learn a new skill and get yourself ready for Um, When things ramp back up and you'll be able to come back to work or get back to your business in a whole new way, maybe going out and doing workshops or volunteering to run a meeting at work or even volunteering for a leadership position because you've got more confidence in your voice. So I wanted to mention all of that today because I think it's an important time to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and not ignoring the fact that we do need to be together even if we can't be in the same space. So you can go to speakersisterhood.com to check out our club directory and check out a meeting today. But today, my friends, we are here to talk about Billy Shepard, who is today's guest, I really, really enjoyed talking with her. As you'll hear when we open the interview, (laughs) she's so cute. She goes, look at your little face. (laughs) It just made me laugh right away. So actually, I don't know if I was recording yet when she said that, so you might not hear it, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was really funny when she popped up in the Zoom window. That was the first thing she said to me and then we kind of hit it off from there. So, to give you a little background about who she is, 20 years ago, Billy had an idea. She founded Billy Shepherd and Associates, leveraging her acting experience and unique training methods into the business arena, transforming corporate speakers into influential leaders. Her clients include Facebook, Uber, Intuit, Rackspace, as well as many financial and medical research companies. This March, Billy had another idea. She merged her presentation training methods with the virtual needs of our times and created a powerful blend of the two, training business people how to enhance their virtual presentation skills. Her book, the Billy Shepard presentation method describing her methods and participation or participant breakthrough st- stories of success recently launched on Amazon. So today we're going to talk about the four steps in her presentation method and how to transform fear of public speaking into confidence using those four steps. She's a really fascinating woman who has pulled together a lot of life experience to create a unique model that is pretty easy to understand and implement if you feel so inclined. So without further ado, here's today's guest, Billy Shepard.
1: Billy, welcome to the show. Angela, thank you so much for having me.
0: This is going to be a lot of fun. You have a background that's a little different from a lot of people I talk to on the show, and I'm excited to hear how where you started took you to where you are today. So why don't we start with that? You started your career in acting, and you have somehow wound up in public speaking training. Can you tell me a little bit about how that happened?
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you, I, I left college early because I thought I knew more than the professors teaching me and I became a, a professional actor very, very young. And I also started coaching acting very young because my agent said, hey, do you want to teach a class? And so I started acting and teaching 45 years ago. About 20 years ago, I uh, I realized I was invited to help some business people with their presentations, and I realized that the same acting techniques I'd been studying and teaching for all these years worked exactly the same for people making presentations. I didn't invent anything new, I have to humbly admit. If I could have changed Aristotle's, Aristotle's theories, I would have, and approved them and made them easier. But... I did have my own methods that I had learned and had experienced. So about 20 some years ago, I started picking up the phone and and calling universities and companies and saying, do you have people that need help with their presentations? Because I've got a method that works. I've got some training that works. And several of them, enough of them said, yeah, come on in. So then I had to build a curriculum, for goodness sake. So I can remember sitting at my kitchen table thinking, oh, I'll put this in and this works every time. And in 2008, 2009, the economy tanked. And I I remember going upstairs. I tell this story. I, I went upstairs. I had a home office downstairs. I went upstairs to Bill and I said, okay, my business is dead. The phone hasn't rung in weeks. I'm going to go back to school and get a graduate degree. And I did, and it was one of the best things I ever did because it empirically proved, thank God, uh, that my methods did work, that the acting methods did work. I, I got nine international business students and put them through a five-week process, scientifically testing and graphing and doing all this. The university was great, and it worked. So that's what happened.
0: What were some of the things you were testing in that program? Well,
1: what I had discovered as I was coaching actors and acting myself was that if I could get the acting student in the present moment, the present moment, not trying to act and judge and do it the way they thought and worrying about that they messed up that line. But the present moment, everybody would be brilliant. And when I got myself, it takes preparation. When I got myself in the present, believing that imaginary situation and truthfully responding to it, I'd be great. I'd be there I was imagination filled and free and communicating. So my method circled around getting oneself present. And that's not original. That's not new. If it people do it cooking, people do it building, people do it painting or dancing or playing a musical instrument, it's getting in that quote unquote zone. And I develop methods for getting people in that zone, in that present moment. So I have a methodology now that we can get into that affords people to use the components of getting in the present moment. And when they do that, it removes all fear and self doubt. And then they can use their style to deliver the information. And isn't that what we want to see? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I let's go there right now. let tell me how you help people to be in the present moment.
1: The first thing is everybody's afraid. Even if they say I'm a great speaker, I'm not afraid. Well, your amygdala is telling you, you are afraid and that needs to be managed. And actors learn how to, ma- We we ge- it's a given that we're terrified before we go in front of camera. It's a given that before we face a 668 seat audience, we're terrified. As a matter of fact, in the dressing rooms, everybody's got their room. It, it sounds like a tuberculosis ward because everybody is breathing in and out. <laughs> so that. The first component is our body, is getting our body present in the moment, and that starts with breathing. So that's one of the exercises. There are four components, the body, the voice, the ability to improvise in the moment, and intention, clarity of intention. So we start with the body, and I've got exercises for that. Then we do vocal exercises for diction, clarity, modulation, the body, the voice, then in the ability to improvise and we do improvisational exercises, which are very scary for people and turn out to be one of the favorite things to do because then they turn into monsters. And the fourth, and I would call it the secret sauce, is clarity of intention. What the heck do I need? What do I need to give this audience? So it's body, voice, improvisation, and intention. And the methodology is worked around those four components, those
0: four tools. And this is what you call the Billy Shepard presentation method,
1: right? Yes. And do you know, I do that with so much humility, I (laughs) swear to you. (laughs) We were trying to think of clever titles and we had wonderful titles. And and then I have a very dear friend who's an incredibly powerful business person. And she said, look, there's there's no way to escape it. It's your method. It's only your method. You have to call it that method. And I said, it's so many syllables. But it is that method. It's my method.
0: Well, it's a great thing for you to have too for your own brand and your intellectual property and your value as a speaker because you're the only person who can teach it or unless you license it to somebody else, but your name is in the title, so. Yeah, and,
1: I, and I've, I've tried to teach it to other actors. I've tried to teach it to other business people, but but the truth of the matter is today, it may change, but in the present moment today, I'm the one that has the 45 years of instinct. I'm the one that has the 45 years of knowledge and education and experience in in that way. And, And I can do it efficiently. And so it's me and my assistant, which I could not do it without Mary Mackey.
0: Excellent. Well, I think we should take a couple of minutes to go into each of the four steps. And maybe you can give us an example of one thing that you would do to help people get into their body and to warm up their voice. And I, I took some improv training a few years ago, and it helps so much with helping me be more present and be able to respond rather than go through something I had rehearsed beforehand. And I love this whole subject of intention as well. So let's start with the body. You talked about breathing exercises. What's one thing you could teach us right now that might help us get into our body?
1: Oh, this is so good. First of all, I have to I have to compliment you. Uh, you're 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 a very fun, effective interviewer. I just oh. want not that to pass without you. <laughs> Thanks. uh you're welcome. The first thing I'm going to do is is show you and teach you and invite your any listener, anybody that's listening not right now to do what I tell them. Okay. <laughs> I wish listen to me. But do what I tell you. And what you're going to do is sit comfortably in your chair and we're going to do the quickie version of the actor's breathing and tense release technique. We do it before we go on stage. We do it before we go on camera. There's a slow version. This is the quickie version. And I'm going to guide you through it. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, comfortable in your chair, feet on the floor. And you're going to simply focus on your breathing. When we're focusing on our breathing, we're right in this present moment. And you're going to take a big, deep breath in, filling up your diaphragm, lungs, all the way up into your throat, and release through your mouth. Good. And you're going to take the second breath in. Take a big, deep breath in. Filling up your diaphragm, lungs, all the way up into your throat and release through your mouth. When we're breathing and concentrating on our breathing, we're right in this present moment. And now I'm going to guide you through the tension part of this. Tighten your toes and feet and release. Tighten your toes and feet and release. Moving up through your body. Tighten toes, feet, calves, thighs, rear end, stomach, chest, hands, squeeze your hands, arms, shoulders, squeeze them, face, prunish face, go, B, A, jock, squeeze and release. Take in your final big deep breath and release. and take a cleansing breath in and release cleansing breath in and release and do you notice any adjustment anybody listening out there do you angela any adjustment
0: i noticed that my left shoulder was really tight before we did that and after i clenched everything and then let it go that Tension in my shoulder seemed to have released.
1: Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. We're we're in the present moment. And more importantly, we've informed our amygdala, the part that tells us there's a tribe that's going to catch us and eat us or a saber-toothed tiger after us. We've informed the amygdala. It can go to sleep because we're in control, not our nervous energy. Without doing that, that amygdala, I don't care how experienced one is, it'll have a party. For the first maybe two or three lines of our presentation, I've heard people say, once I get going, I've relaxed. Yes, you started breathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As simple as that. So the breathing needs to be done before. That's how we start from the inside out. And then we go to the voice.
0: Okay, let's let's go to the voice. What would you say? we need to do next.
1: Oh, the voice, this is so good. I'm glad you asked. There's a very simple rule. If you're going to present, you have to have a good voice. You have to have clarity and good diction and your modulation has to have highs and lows. You have to take advantage of pauses so that your message can land with your audience. But we begin with beginners with the diction, and I wish we were on camera. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you, Angela, what I'm going to do. And if your listeners are interested, they they can hear how it sounds, and I'll describe it. What we do is we take a pencil, a, a, just a wooden pencil or a chopstick, and put it in the back of our molars, like this, and hold it with our molars. Like this. Like a dog like, holding a bone. <laughs> like a dog holding a really good bone. Yeah. And not want to let it go. We have to hold it firmly. And then we read a poem. I put a certain poem up that it's a beautiful poem. And we over enunciate using as precise diction as possible, holding the pencil. So it sounds like this to your listeners. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. And we read the poem, and you have to have a tissue handy. I'm wiping the sides of my mouth because there's no way to do this without slobber, I'm sorry to say. Okay. Then we read the poem without the pencil, and you can feel the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, just fluid. So before an audition or before we're going on stage or in front of the camera, we do a vocal exercise with a pencil or a chopstick to lift weights with our lips, teeth, tip of the tongue to get our diction going. It's very simple and very effective.
0: I love that. I've never heard of that before. It it seems like, yeah, a real workout to be able to do it with that pencil. I can't wait to try it. (laughs) Oh, good. Good, good, good. All right. Next is improv. So how does that fit in?
1: Well, let me tell you that the first distinction is between improv and improvisation. Improv is what most people think of on, uh, you know, uh, what's your line? There used to be a show or trying to be funny or going for the laugh, going for the joke. Mm -hmm. Improvisation is being in the moment, responding with whatever's at hand. And and in fact, life is an improvisation, isn't it? We can have all the the plans in the world, but there's always something jumping in our path, getting in our way, and, and we're having to adjust to that. Well, it's the same when we're giving a presentation or in an important meeting or facilitating a meeting there will more times than not be something that we have to improvise within. And what actors learn, and you've taken improvisation and loved it, is what you said, it you, the spontaneity and getting in the present moment. And you have to listen, you, which is so important in, in everything. And what it allows for is a building of self-confidence because we put ourselves in a situation that we don't know how it's going to end, how it's going to develop or how it's going to end and we come out great. We come out great because when people are in the present moment and they're responding truthfully with intention, everybody's a genius. That's what I've learned. We may not use your idea, but... Your idea was genius. We just don't need it in this moment. (laughs) So So if you're
0: you're speaking and you're on stage alone in front of an audience of say a hundred people, how do you use improvisation to improve your presentation if your audience isn't talking?
1: Well, I'm a very big one on the actors. It's not a theory, the actor's law. I could call it of unifying oneself with the audience that's when acting's brilliant i'm giving to you and i'm allowing you to respond to me either energetically or vocally so that we're united without a united audience it's me yamming yammering away delivering and uh, delivering data or information and frankly i beg you send me an email I don't wanna have to put on makeup and, and leave my office and get dressed and do a Zoom for you to just deliver information to me. I want to experience unity or communion with you so I can play a part in listening and giving. And what I always include is asking questions of the audience so that they can respond, pauses, so I can read energetically what they're feeling. You don't have to pause for 10 minutes, but making a statement, checking energetically with the audience and looking at them. Did it land? Did they get it? And then what returns back to me allows me to improvise honestly in that moment and move that way in a unified way. You know, I'll tell you, that's why The Rolling Stones keep performing in their their 110 (laughs) because they unify themselves with the audience and they're energetically receiving from a million people or 800,000 people or 200,000 people. And you can imagine how it feels. That's why live theater is, is so addicting in the beginning is because you're making love with this entire audience and creating something original in that present moment. So improvisation is hugely important. And and the way to include the audience is to unify yourself with them.
0: Yeah, that is beautiful and so well put. And I totally agree that it's about creating a a co-created experience with the people who are sitting in front of you. And as someone who has been speaking for 15 years, I find it easy to to see those cues, what's working, what's not working, but if I was brand new and I'm up there and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I want to unify with the audience, are there particular cues that they should be looking for that would be a clue to them that, okay, this isn't working, they're not getting it, um, that aren't, you know, as obvious as a show of hands? Oh, that's
1: great. That's great. Yes, there are. The, the first one is, I call it the land of nod. <laughs> if everybody's nodding their head, or most if 70% of the audience is nodding their head, because we can't help it. When we agree with something, human being goes, Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. They'll they'll nod their head. So look for the land of nod. The second is I studied with the most wonderful actor and acting teacher, Alan Arkin. I don't know. Okay, so he's my 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 guru. And um, he actually wrote the foreword to my book, which I must tell people when you're afraid to ask for something, to get through that fear and ask for it is hugely important in your career. And I, I actually asked for it. And he said, yes. And it took me, it took me two weeks to ask him. And one morning Bill was leaving the house and he put his shoulders on, he put his hands on my shoulder and said, You have to call him today. (laughs) So I (laughs) that's just about fear. Don't listen to fear. It's stupid. It's really stupid. (laughs) And he told me in the improvisation workshops within which I learned so much from him and worked with him that when you're leaning forward, if the audience is leaning forward, they're with you. If they're leaning back, get them back. Get them back. So those are the two things, land of nod, leaning forward or leaning back.
0: Yeah. I love that. All right. Let's go to the last step in your process, your method, uh, intention. Tell me more about that.
1: Wow. As, as a young actor, since the beginning of time, suddenly I feel like I'm going way too far back. Um, since time began, uh, as a young actor, our attitude in auditioning is what do they want? What do they need? I can be taller, I can be shorter, I can ride a horse. As, as you become more professional and get more experienced, it becomes what does what this character want in this scene? And so the acting classes, and myself include included, as a coach, teach what's your intention or your objective or your goal or your need, whatever word works for you. We call it an intention oftentimes. That takes work to figure that out in a scene. I wish I could give you a pill and say, oh, I I can read the script once and get the intention in every scene. No, no, you you can get the intention of the play because the character's actions give you those intention. He robs a bank. So my intention is to get money. Okay, that's real clear. But there are eight scenes to get to robbing the bank. What do I want in the kitchen when I'm making my salami sandwich? Why am I doing that? Okay, so getting intention takes work. And for your listeners, for their presentations, I advise you to be clear about your intention with this audience. And to help you do that, you can simply write two letters, capital T, small o, colon, two, and then draw a line, okay? So it can be to educate, to motivate, to excite, to make laugh, to calm down, to understand this theory. The more simple you can get your intention, the freer it is to play. I'm going to repeat that. The more simple you can get your intention, simplify it, the freer it is to play. And what does that mean? That means when you're clear on your intention, you have no fear while you're presenting. None. You have no self-doubt. None. They may want to get educated by what you say. Some may not. But you're on your intention and you have no fear. Fear is our worst enemy. Fear is our worst enemy.
0: Yeah, one of the things I read when I was researching your work is that you say you can transform fear into energy. Can you share how you do that?
1: Well, this amygdala, this part of our brain is huge energy. It's literally telling our body to fight or flee from a saber tooth tiger. We have all this technology and we've come so far, but the fact of the matter is, We're still animals, we're we're animals. That energy needs to be directed to go somewhere. So if I can direct that energy to my intention, the audience feels it, the audience gets the energy. We're taking care of the audience then which is a huge thing to touch on, if I can just take a second. Yeah. Our audiences, our job, we learn as actors, our job is to make the casting director feel calm. In the beginning, the casting directors are therapists. Oh, I feel so nervous. And the traffic was terrible. And their job in the beginning is to calm us down when we're beginning actors. When we get more experienced, we realize, no, no. That casting director is nervous like an insane person. They've got to cast this role. They're looking for something. My job is to calm them down. So to calm them down, I need to get calmed down and calm it, come calm and say, don't worry, I got this. I got, I got several things to show you. We can play this many different ways, kind of like a carpet salesman. Friend of my microcoction. I got your blue. I got your green. You want to see purple? I can show it to you. Don't worry. I can make you feel secure. My job as a presenter, your job as a presenter is to calm the audience down and make them feel secure. Don't worry about me. If I need a drink of water, watch this. I'm going to take a sip of water right now. I just took a sip of water. Don't you don't need to worry? I'm breathing in and out. You don't have to be worried about me. I'm taking care of myself. Why? Because I want to take care of you. I want to teach you. I want to expand you and enhance you.
0: I love the way you put that. I've never heard it said quite that way before. And, um, people often ask me, is it okay to drink water while you're speaking? Is it okay to look down at your notes? And is it okay if you sneeze to blow your nose? It's like, and my response has always been, well, you're a human being, so it's okay to act that way. And people don't expect you to be a robot. So, it's fine if you need to take care of yourself, but the way that you just said it is, is so much more poetic and beautiful. And it's about that unity again. So I love that, um, that offering. I want to ask you after being in the space of being on stage for 45 years, working with people in all different capacities, what are the biggest mistakes you see speakers make that, that drives you crazy?
1: Well, I'll go with what popped into mind in this moment. They They talk too fast and they don't take advantage of the, I call it the sexiness of pauses. And I mean that in the nice way, the attractiveness and fullness of pauses. They try to deliver too much information. They, They don't make up nice, some of them in the beginning stages, they think it's all about their information and just to let, you gotta look nice. When you're, when you're presenting out of respect for the audience, you need to look nice and figure out what your background is, especially on this Zoom thing, which is so exhausting and it, it can devour you, but it has so many benefits. Take advantage of the Zoom and virtual benefits. Make up nice, learn to look directly into the camera, people don't inexperienced people don't rehearse enough they think they got it because they can talk mm-hmm. you've got to rehearse you know actors we learn to rehearse it's it's you become equity it's it's four weeks of rehearsal 10 to 12 hours a day 6 days a week and you go home and do your more practice and rehearsal before you come back to rehearsal it's a ton of rehearsal and oddly enough the rehearsal process when you realize That's really creative and fun because as you're rehearsing, you'll let go of the the things you don't need and keep the things you do and maybe think of something greater, which reminds me of Hans Hoffman's quote, the artist Hans Hoffman. To simplify, one needs to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak and that takes rehearsal you you will realize oh i'm talking about you know the third quarter we don't really need the third quarter here it's it's the second quarter that caused the change that we're adjusting now in this quarter you've got to eliminate the unnecessary so the necessary may speak
0: yeah so you have to become a really good editor you betcha Yeah, Billy, what's the most uncommon piece of advice you give?
1: Uncommon in its commonality, the simplification of getting the body ready. And I say over and over and over again, breathe, because I'll be working with somebody and they're actually not breathing, especially Zoom. It sucks your breath. They even call it Zoom apnea now. We stop breathing. We've literally stopped breathing on Zoom. So I think my intense saying it loudly, breathe, (laughs) is the most uncommon. Other people may be more refined.
0: You've given a lot of really good tips here today, Billy. Is there a way that we can find your book if anyone listening wants to get more in-depth with your advice and your method? Oh, thank you, Angela. It went
1: up on Amazon in February, so you can find the Billy Shepard presentation method on Amazon.
0: Excellent. Is there anything else you want to share or anything you want to promote that you're doing? uh i should be prepared
1: and and respond to that but i'm very very swamped with companies right now doing zoom training because we realized that the present moment awareness methodology takes advantage of the zoom benefits and it they're not as torturous now so we're enjoying doing that so if anybody wants to enhance their zoom presentations they can contact me at billy at Billyshepherd.com.
0: great well thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and your experiences i love the way that you approach public speaking and i hope everyone listening took something away from this because it's just it's, it's a wonderful way to be on stage angela you're terrific thank you so much for having me thanks All right. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, you can show me some love by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen so more people can find us. Claim the Stage is a production of Speaker Sisterhood and it's recorded in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Music is composed by Chris Collins. Until next time, stop waiting, start creating. Bye for now.